They take away your pay, they take away your car, they take away your license, they take away your job, they take away your camaraderie with your fellow Marines. Oh, let's take away her First Amendment right and sever her from her religious rights and freedoms. Catherine Arnett, welcome to the program. Hi, John Henry. Thank you so much for having me on. Let's begin as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, so Catherine, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why'd you get into the Marine Corps in the first place? I'm 25 years old. I joined the Marine Corps in 2018. Um, I wanted some structure, discipline, and rigidity in my life. And I wanted leadership in my life too, and to to become a leader. Um, that's that's the short gist of it. Mm-hmm. And so what were you doing sort of before the VAX mandate? Uh, before the VAX mandate kicked off, I, I was just pretty much minding my business and helping my squadron members get their money back for travel. I worked in the defense travel system uh, program and the Citibank government charge card program. So I was I was in a financial shop. Okay. And this is in addition to regular training or how does this work? So the financial occupation that I had in the Marine Corps was part of my training that I had done in 2019. I had done boot camp in 2018, combat training in 2019, and I had gone to school for aviation supply. And aviation supply has a bunch of other like wickets underneath it, um, like customer service, financial things. So I was I was basically executing what I had learned at the schoolhouse in Meridian, Mississippi in 2019. Okay, excellent. And you're living on base at this time. Where are you? So whenever the VAX mandate kicked off in 2021, I was stationed in Marine Corps Air Station Iwakuni, which is in mainland Japan. I was I was overseas. Okay. Okay. Did you like Japan? I absolutely love Japan. It was lovely. Yes. Okay. So then tell us about this uh, COVID jab mandate, what happened to you and the Marine Corps generally? Generally, there was a lot of retribution, a lot of retaliation. So in September of 2021, when the Secretary of Defense had mandated the jab for the armed forces, actually he mandated in August, but it made its way down the pipeline uh, to that base, that specific base that I was on by September. Right. So when September rolled around, it was mandated and it was said, if you don't have the jab by November, we're going to process you out. And at that point, I was putting, you know, two and two together. I'm just like, well, the vaccine mandate itself is not lawful. So anything, anything that comes after that retribution, retaliation, separation, ostracization, any way that they can make life hard for you and try to coerce you into getting the the vaccine and and we can call it a jab i appreciate that um it, it's unlawful and 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 it shouldn't be done so i had submitted my religious accommodation request under the catholic faith um objecting to the fetal uh tissue cells in there and that was my religious grounds for you know objecting to it but also there were plenty of legal reasons for objecting it to objecting to it as well. I mean, you just follow the FDA publications and the FDA letters that they were, you know, sending um, and everything. It's like, it's not even available. There, there's no, 
you know, all, all the nuances and everything we, we could talk on to that. We could talk on that a little bit more detailed uh, later, but the, whatever they were trying to force us to get, it was not even available on the market yet. So it was a bunch of subterfuge and a bunch of like legal, uh, debacle and everything. But I, I had religious ground, legal ground, administrative ground, personal ground. I, I just wasn't going to get it. So, um, hmm. so couple questions for you. One, how did you even find out about the concerns around the vac- vaccine itself or the jab, whatever you want to call it? How did you learn of its being abortion tainted? You know, where did all this information come from? My first premise for it was objecting to the fact that it created a two-tier society by saying, if you have it, you're in society. And if you don't have it, you're out of society. So, so I went down, uh, you know, a research trail, if you will. So basically, what were the consequences that you faced for objecting? The consequences were initially kind of enacted in mass to those who objected to it. And then once those people had willingly separated from the Marine Corps, say by April or May of 2022 timeframe, I was still one of the only ones who hadn't received it. But I also took a different approach to the separation orders. Not only did I say no to not getting the vaccine, I said no to separation as well. Because I, I didn't I didn't find either lawful, right? If, if you're separating me from from for something I don't even have to legally get, then then your then your separation is null and void. And that, even though in September of 2021, I'd already started um, questioning my commanders on the legality of this order, I had already started, you know, as much as I hate to say it, there was already a big red target. Um, on my back as of September of 2021, because I was helping people, you know, with their religious accommodation requests. I was, um, you know, I was helping them with their paperwork, taking care of, you know, th- those around me who wanted to object to it. So yeah. I was already a very it's interesting unpopular- because that that type of action garnered a lot of retaliation. We just um, had our gala in Toronto, and we honored a few doctors who basically their medical licenses have been taken away for doing the same thing, for trying to assist people to present their objections to the VAX mandate, to get medical exemptions, etc. They were rather ruthlessly treated by, uh, by the establishment. So it's interesting to hear that was what was happening in your case as well. Absolutely. And then fast forward from September of 2021 to about April and May of 2021, they had started taking away my automatic pay. They started taking away my driver's license. Uh, they started taking away just other things. They, they now, segregated under, me. Under what, like, what pretense are they taking away your pay and your driver's license? How is that even a thing? Sure, I can, I can elaborate on that. So in April... Right. After I had objected April of 2022, after I'd objected to not receiving the vaccine to the jab, um, orders then came down the pipeline for me to separate. And back in April, it was like, all right, you have 30 days to exit the Marine Corps. And whenever they give you that 30 day letter, they shut off your pay because you're expected to be in the separation site in California. Now, because I had objected to even separating and I had made it very clear to my leadership, 
look, all of this is unlawful and I will not comply. Um, you know, they, they harassed me after that. And they're like, oh, well, she doesn't want to get the vaccine and she doesn't want to separate. Okay. We're going to make life hard for her. So that was the, that was the pretense that they were able to shut off my pay. But basically after April of 2022, I had to literally go in like twice a month and have like special pay allotted to me because I was still working. Mind you, I was still working. Um, and you know, I was still on base and, you know, contributing, so it's not like they couldn't not pay me, but it, it was, I had to physically go. They, they turned off the automatic pay. That, that mm -hmm. is a distinction. Okay. But, okay. you know, after, but after then asking. What's with them removing your driver's license? So that, my driver's license was taken away May 9th. It was taken away in May of 2022, right? May, May 7th, May 8th, May 9th of 2022, because I didn't separate. And because I didn't board the plane in Iwakuni that would bring me to California to separate. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not complying. So, and maybe those in the military understand a little bit more than most, but officer jargon and formalities, right? Risk management. They're like, oh, uh, you know, this Lance Corporal doesn't want to separate from the Marine Corps. She's a liability. She's a risk. She's a hazard. We have to take away her license and restrict her to base for 30 days. You know, you know, mitigation policies. That's what they call it. That, that, that's what they'll put a little pretty, pretty little bow on it, whatever. But yeah, that that's that was basically their jargon that they launched my way for the rest of the retaliation that we'll kind of get into. You know that here on LifeSite, we love to tell amazing stories. There are a few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You gotta watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Nowen. He talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation. My generation has grown up, you know, under the specter of priestly sexual abuse. What say you, Mr. Poor Person? Is the defendant guilty or not guilty? I think that for many of us, that has also been all-encompassing. You know, I mean, I entered the seminary in January of 2004, and it's basically been there for me from in the beginning. One priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins the story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. You had sort of, I guess you could call it, extracurricular activities that you were doing. Um, and that was hampered, was it not, by, by not having a car. Tell us about those. Yes, absolutely. So um, sometimes I would take travelers to the airport. Um, and, that, and that's not necessarily extracurricular, but I would take travelers to the airport. I would pick up travelers from the airport, you know, because I was in charge of travel. I was in charge of the fiscal, financial, and, you know, travel readiness section, basically. So I had brought that up to my leaders and they're like, mm, too bad. Mm -hmm. And how was that affected by, you know, these, these restrictions? At the onset of it, like in May, right, I was still able to participate in a lot of these activities on base. I was just restricted to base for 30 days. 
And then 30 days later, they're like, oh, well, you know, you're proving not to be a liability. Here's your uh, ability to go off base back. But they didn't give me my driver's license. So I was like, well, where's the driver's license? They're like, we don't know. I'm like, right. Okay. So um, in the later months of like December and January of 2022, that's whenever my community outreach um access was restricted and i have recently gotten a pdf of a freedom of information request that i did also known as a foia request um that basically shows all of my commanders many many of my commanders emailing acting in unison to restrict me from basically every activity everything that i had ever been involved in um gradually and gradually and again that was no that was december and jan december of 2022 and january of 2023 there there are some uh publications guidelines that we could definitely go into um that they followed step by step by step by literal step and of course they'll deny it because um as many of us know these shadow policies that are working against us they're heinous and you know they'll they'll try to say oh that's not what we're doing we're just we're just you know looking out for readiness we're just looking out for um you know whatever jargon that they can throw our way but yeah i i did a lot of research onto stuff like that and i was like wow that that's really what y'all are doing to someone who wants to work that's crazy so how does this then go from this increased sort of pressure and 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 uh, almost mental torture to jail? This is incredible. So there's this very specific commander um, in my chain of command. He was the commanding officer of the Marine Air Group 12, right? And from September, I challenged him and many other officers on the legality of the vaccine, of the jab, excuse me. And also in personal audiences that I had requested to have with him, I challenged him on his faith, right? And that had started in September of 2021. Um, he professed the Roman Catholic faith to me. Uh, he knew I was a Catholic. I mean, we had seen each other at church and he's like, you know, I'm a Roman Catholic. I got the, I got the vaccine. And look, long story short, right? I was like, Okay, cool. <laughs> right. But I wasn't buying it. I wasn't buying it. And I, I essentially had alluded that he was compromised in his faith. He wasn't happy with that. Right. So after September of 2021, he had made everything very uninviting and hostile for me, let's just say. This commanding officer, he had it out for me since September of 2021, right? He's at the Marine Air Group 12, and I was working at Squadron 152 at the time, which is a squadron under the Marine Air Group command, right? So there's a top command that oversees multiple squadrons on the base. I'm working in 152. Fast forward to December of 2022, through a lot of um, legal intervention from the states with a lot of um, the Florida court ruling that Judge Mary Day had afforded to the to the Marines, basically um, saying that separation for not getting the vaccine was illegal and should not be affected anymore. Um, 
there were some provisions that I had applied for, and there was one provision that had been afforded to me to extend at that base and at that specific squadron of Squadron 152 for another year, all the way to November of 2023. And lo and behold, all of a sudden in December of 2022, the Marine Air Group commander, he calls me up and he's like, oh, you're part of my squadron now. This same like, guy, this same guy who already had it out for you, who was publicly restricting you, who said he was Catholic, come and get the jab like me. And you were like, no, thanks. And he was like, that's it. I'm going to come after her. That same yeah, guy? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's okay. the same guy. Um, so, so he he's wants like, you in his squadron. Oh, yeah. He wants me in his squadron for, for get it, rehabilitative efforts. Rehabilitative efforts. And I'm like... And, and so, so again, I, I start the whole paper formal redress request and I'm like, uh, sorry, this is, this, this looks like retaliation. And, um, yeah, so back in May of 2022, I had done another paper request that said that I kind of see this retaliation devolving into an arrest and going to the brig brig is military jail. And so I brought that up and no proper answer. No proper answer. I have all these retaliatory things looming over my head. And I have this commander calling me to his command. And I'm like, I, I just signed for a year as Squadron 152. And I know that if I move to this new squadron of Marine Air Group 12, I'm going to be arrested by this commanding officer. January 23rd, right? 2023. January 23rd comes around. I'm arrested. And guess who signs off on the finding order? The same commanding officer. So um, pardon my jovial attitude about it, but it, it, it's just, it's it's a sordid string of events that you have your junior Marine calling attention to that nobody takes seriously, nobody answers to. And, and, it, and it's sad. It's sad. I think sad is an understatement, but... Yes, um, this this commanding officer had had it out for me for a very long time and he gets what he wanted and he arrests me and puts me in jail. Take a look at this. This is Cardinal Burke talking in 2017 about demonic forces entering the church at that time in 2017. Hard to believe that so long ago. This was given at Rome Life Forum, a conference that LifeSite has been running since 2014, actually. Do you know that we're running another one this year, October 31st and November 1st? That is right at the end of this horrific Synod on Synodality. October 31st, November 1st, 2023. Come join us in Rome. Go to romelifeforum.com for more information. Watch Cardinal Burke give this snippet on demonic forces entering into the Vatican from his talk at Rome Life Forum in 2017. It seems clear from the most respected studies of the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima that it has to do with the diabolical forces unleashed upon the world in our time and entering into the very life of the church. For the recovery of peace will be a gift from heaven but it is not properly speaking the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Her victory is of another order, supernatural, and then temporal by addition. It will first be the victory of the faith, which will put an end to the time of apostasy and the great shortcomings of the church's pastors. 
So strange. You know, in the outside world, any hint of that kind of superior threatening someone, going after them, and the person presents evidence of said threats, and especially when they're a male and you're dealing with a female, yeah. that's like yeah. all over the place. HR goes oh, insane. Right. The guy can lose his job. He can he can go to jail. But it seems right. like here it's like, man, whatever. It's the Marines. Get used to it. It's, uh, <laughs> it's does anything flag. go? It's, it's red flags everywhere. Sometimes almost anything goes. Get this, get this, because brief, I'll keep it brief for the audience, but I had been subjected to a court martial once in 2022, and I got those charges dismissed because they were contingent on not getting the vaccine. And the judge had basically tied the two together and was like, okay, you know, dismissed, whatever. Now I was subjected to a second court martial in 2023. And that was the reason for my um, being incarcerated, right? Because they were saying pre-trial confinement. This Marine should not be allowed to have her freedom before trial because of X, Y, and Z. One of the charges on this 2023 court martial was not being at a certain place. And keep in mind, this specific charge was not being in my barracks room because I was told, I was literally told there are going to be four or more male Marines in your room who are going to ask you some questions. And, and keep in mind, this was in January of 2023, right? This January. And I was like, wow, that's an uncomfortable situation. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to enter that room. If they want to come outside and ask me questions, that's fine. But I'm not going in there without a trusted witness. And then boom, that's, that's an article charged against me because I wasn't in that room. Hmm. Hmm. Four so, guys, four Marines who are going to be in there questioning you uh, and you're not even allowed to have a witness. It's unreal. Supposedly, right, right, supposedly, and 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 of course, once the Marine Corps gets whiff of this interview and everything that I'm saying, they'll they'll rebut everything. They'll say this, they'll say that, they'll have their buddies, you know, make false statements and whatever. But no, I I I have I have everything on what happened. It's like you're expected to be in this room in the evening, in the evening, right? Where they're gonna ask you questions, right? The word they didn't say interrogate, but I was like oh my gosh, they're going to interrogate me because I've been interrogated before in 2022. So it was, it was just, it was red flags everywhere. I'm just wondering when you were eventually jailed, taken to the brig, how long were you there? How did that work? What did things look like on the inside? Uh, almost four months. Uh, it was January 23rd, 2023 to May 15th of 2023. I think the math checks out to 113 days. Um, it was incredibly boring in the brig. Very, very boring. Um, number one word that I always say whenever I'm asked about it is boring. Um, cause I was, I was always on the move. I was always, you know, getting stuff done. I was always in community outreach programs, volunteering, coaching, very active athletics and everything. So what these commanders did and what that specific commander did to me was deliberate was heinous, was, you know, intentional. It was intentional retaliation. And, and 
you know, these 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 gentlemen in these positions of power, you would think they would use their wits and their intelligence to do the right thing and use their intelligence to, you know, hone in on the actual enemy. But whenever they use their intelligence to retaliate against a Marine in a specific way that they know or they think will get her to act up or, you know, hurt her. I don't know. Like once we get into it, it, it only, it only invigorated me more and it, and it, you know, um, made me more passionate. So you were released. Why were you released? What, what happened to sort of say now that you're, now you're innocent or now you've served your time or whatever, what is it? So I was kept on the Okinawa base for about 70, 80 days, the Okinawa break, right? And please keep in mind, one of the biggest things that I would like to present to your audience is how a self-professed Roman Catholic commander had specifically crafted retaliation for his Catholic subordinate, right? Just, Just someone under his command but who proved to be so, I don't know, irritating to him that he he crafted this. And and I'm I'm making some claims here that shadow policy, right? That fall into shadow policy and that obviously any commander in his position would refute, would rebut, would say, oh, that's not true. I didn't do that. No, come on, just, just, oh my God, just follow the logic, right? All right, so he he deliberately did this in order to keep me away from the sacrament of the Eucharist and hear me out on this, right? When I was stationed in Iwakuni, there's a brig there. There's a, there's a military prison on that base. I could have, I could have been easily kept there for either 72 hours up to 10 days. And in the military, you have a 10 day reviewing period that an unaffiliated officer comes in. Here's why you should be released and determines why you should or shouldn't be released. Right. Look, I was a resident on that base. Um, I worked there. Would have been, I would have more than likely been released within three to 10 days, but I was deliberately flown from mainland Japan to the Okinawa base because, first of all, there was only one priest for that entire island, right, of military bases and a 60-mile island, right? Second of all, with one priest going around, um, you know, you're not going to have ample opportunities to get, you know, daily mass and Eucharist. And please keep in mind, I had been attending daily mass for about two years, Um aboard aboard my base like daily mass was like my sustenance i i was in love and still am still in love with the eucharist but that was a very uh strong source of spiritual recourse for me so um you know they they take away your pay they take away your car they take away your license they take away your job they take away your camaraderie with your fellow marines oh let's take away her first amendment right and sever her from her religious um uh rights and freedoms so they fly me to Okinawa and I only get Eucharist once, one time um, in the 80 or so days that I'm there. And right, you have this shadow policy that will object to all of these things. And I don't I don't care what refutation 
that the Marine Corps or my commander can give to this story of what I'm saying about the Eucharist and, you know, being flown, transported from A to B to whatever. It was deliberate. It was absolutely deliberate um, to to keep me from from the precious sacrament of the Eucharist. So um, one one time I received the Eucharist in 80 days, uh, 80 or so days aboard aboard that brig. It was intentionally to sever me from everything, um, including my ultimate love of the Eucharist, John Henry. When I hear that, especially as a dad, um, makes me very angry, I have to say. Um, phew, I want to quote like Greta Thunberg with how dare they. How dare you? Earlier I had said that their retaliation, everything, the devolution of their retaliation kind of only invigorated me more and everything. That that that's one of the one things that that really just ignited my fire more, right? To to continue my fight, to continue this pursuit of justice. That not only are you messing with like you know worldly stuff, you know normal basic amenities and decencies, you're messing with access to Jesus. Right. And and everyone's going to say, oh, you have access to Jesus in your heart. You have God all around you. Absolutely. Yes, you do. But to Catholics, you know, the sacrament of the Eucharist is the most esteemed and precious thing that we have. So I, I just wanted to highlight on that, that that egregious action that my commander did, that uh, that only invigorated me more. So that 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 is what has kept me uh, very, um, you know, invigorated for the pursuit of justice to have something so heinous done unto unto me i'm just like no i'm 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 going to keep fighting you you can't you you can't you know you you think you can sever me from from these things like yes jesus is in my heart um but yeah that that just that 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 sparked a very um important chord note i i don't even know but but that that that's what i wanted to elaborate on cuz earlier i had yeah. said no you know Catherine... I, I, from what you've just said, I mean, I can tell you are a Marine. Gosh, you're a Marine. You're like that kind of Marine that we hear about in the stories and we think in days of old, a lot of the reputation, the um, honor of Marines has left because of scandal. But you're truly a Marine. In fact, even better than that, you're one of God's Marines. Your fighting spirit in there to continue the fight, especially when it gets hard. In fact, invigorating you when it gets hard. That must be the stuff of Joan of Arc and uh, the type of heroes that we've had uh, in the church. So, first of all, at this juncture, I want to tell everybody, um, we are supporting Catherine. Uh, there is a Life Funder set up for her. Go to lifefunder.com and uh, support her legal challenges there. Finish off the story for us, Catherine. Where, what happens next? How do you get out? How are you free now? Uh, where is your situation right now? Right. I apologize. I didn't answer you. I got off on the tangent with the other thing, but um, I was released in May um, due to some gracious intervention from higher up people who heard about my story and were like, hmm, that's not checking out. Get her out. Something like that, right? I don't know all the details, but that's that's basically what happened. So May 15th, I'm out. 
Um, I still have court martial going on at that time. Now, fast forward to June of 2023, um, June 5th, my court martial charges are pulled and the Marine Corps instead opts to administratively separate me again. So hear me out. They had already tried administratively separating me three or four times prior to that. But now, because here, here's another important, sorry, little detail. I was transported from Okinawa to California um, via military police escort on April 19th, right? So then on April 19th, April 20th, I made it to the California brig at the Miramar base in San Diego. Um, so now they have me in the States. Now my commanders from overseas who had allowed that extension, right, to go upward and be signed off, especially by headquarters Marine Corps, that one-year extension. Now, those commanders have retaliated against me, and they've gotten me to the States, right? So now in the States, they can just administratively separate me and kick me out on the streets, literally. And that's what happens. So June 5th, they pull the court-martial charges, and on June 23rd, 2023, is my last day, last day. Right, I have to stress that for the audience. Last day in the Marine Corps. Um, I don't see it that way. I have never seen it that way. They have been, the Marine Corps has been messing administratively with many unvaccinated service members and Marines. Um, so on June 23rd in San Diego time at 2359, almost midnight, sorry, military time. Um, almost midnight, I go to the police station on base and I'm like, look, I'm not willingly separating from the Marine Corps. What are you going to do about it? And of course, they arrest me. They detain me. They fingerprint me. And at 4 a.m. on June 24th, with nothing but the green Marine Corps uniform on my back and a binder of crumpled up papers, they take me to like a gas station a mile or two out, dump me unceremoniously. And they're just like, good luck. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm dealing with right now. Um, I have a federal trespassing charge on me. Um, and still waiting for the court summons. But that's what I'm looking at, because, quite frankly, my fight's not over. Um, OK, that's so all I have to say. let's unpack that just a little bit more. So did you have money on you at all? Did no. you like. Okay, so nothing, they dumped you at four in the morning with basically nothing but the clothes on your back and some uh, briefcase or whatever it is you had. You have no money, yeah. no nothing, no. and they just dump you there. Correct. Now, keep in mind, whenever they transfer me, well, whenever they incarcerated me in January of this year, um, I had been asking, I had been taking all the proper measures. I'm like, hello, gentlemen. I know I'm going to be arrested in a few days. Please tell me what to expect. No answer. Right. I tried. As far as I know, all of my personal items are still in Japan. Whenever they transported me to the brig and ooh, keep in mind the FOIA request that I talked about earlier. Again, I apologize to you and your audience if my um, attention span and everything is all over the place, but there's just so many juicy nuances to this story. It's insane. So that FOIA request um, had basically had the Miramar Brig in San Diego saying that they didn't know that I was on the way. And two, 
that this Marine doesn't have anything she needs to be incarcerated here. All right. So whenever I'm released from the brig, basically all I have are the clothes on my back. And so then I'm expected to just go forth like that for another month or two while they administratively separate me in the background and everything, but still have me under the guise of Fort Marshall, right? I'm in the States. They can kick me out now. Um, but yeah, no, that that's literally no, no money on me. Um, yeah. And those papers um, that I had, they were like some legal papers, but nothing sufficient for, you know, anything afterwards. So, yeah. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. What can people do now to support you and what will be done with the funds? What are you, what are you planning on? Um, prayer first and foremost. I ask yourself, your audience, everyone who hears and sees this video, for prayer please lift up rosaries and if you can't make time for a rosary i understand sometimes i fall short of that too three hail marys in latin for these commanders doing these heinous things to me and especially especially the marine air group 12 commander the the supposed i shouldn't say supposed but the self-professed roman catholic commander who has had much oversight on all of this abuse and retaliation enacted um, upon me. So prayers first and foremost, please, for the leaders um, above me and for the mili military leaders in the Marine Corps and in the armed forces at large. Um, uh, you'll have to pardon me in my hesitation here because I'm, you know, I, I don't ask for help much. Um, financially, I have a GoFund, I have a Give, Send, Go. Um, and John Henry has mentioned a life, life funder, right, as well. A life funder. These funds will be used for independent research, making time for additional FOIA requests, um, any legal consultation I may pursue. It'll be used for travel. It'll be used for personal safety, um, personal items, um, basically anything to uh, fill in for what I'm missing uh, right now. And what are you looking to do in the future? I'll be frank with you, John Henry. My ultimate goal was, is, right? Kind of saying is, is a little bit idealistic with our current um, leadership and regime right now. But all I wanted to do was be a Marine, excel in my job and be a drill instructor. Um, Maybe those things are a little bit far off right now. I don't know. You know, they shouldn't be. If America wants to come back from the brink of whatever demonic pit it's heading into right now. Absolutely. Amen, it does. Amen, it does. I want it they to. Need that, to. That's why I've been so invigorated to, to, to do what I have been doing. Because 
I said, I said in an RFK, I, I interviewed with RFK um, about a year ago. And I said to him in the interview, I said to someone in, in one of my past interviews, I said to someone right now, we have good men in positions of power who have been made to do very, very, very bad things, right? This next influx, God forbid there's a next influx of illegal orders, but you know, this next influx of orders, we're going to see bad men deliberately doing bad things, right? When that'll happen, I don't know. But um, yeah, I joined as, as I had alluded to at the beginning of this interview, right? I joined because I wanted to see leadership and, and I wanted to be a leader myself. And whenever I saw these leaders and these men and women in positions of power were not living up to their oaths, be them the enlisted or the commissioned officers, I was like, and, and disheartened, is is a very soft way of putting it right disheartened is a very soft way of putting it but i was disheartened i was very troubled by the fact that the leadership and what should be fighting for everyone has been sold out to some kind of shadow policy or bureaucratic underpinnings and i was like you know what i have a duty to defend my country and the constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And unfortunately, as many feathers as it ruffled and it got me into jail, um, I combated the domestic enemies who were in the ranks and they still are. And so that's why I ask for prayer because I've had, I've had an opportunity to go after these commanders, to go after these men and their jobs and their paycheck and their retirement and their pension. I don't care about that. I care nothing for retribution like that. I think the strongest example that can be sought after, the strongest thing that can be pursued is a call to repentance and a call to conversion, because that is the only way that we are going to save our nation. Catherine Arnett, it has been an honor to speak with you. And uh, I will indeed pray those three Hail Marys in Latin for your commanding officers and uh, that one officer as well. Thank you. Uh, Ave Christus Rex. Amen to that. Amen. God bless you, Catherine. We'll be in touch. And uh, I'm sure there's many people who will be not only praying for you, but also supporting you at Life Under. God bless you. God bless you too, John Henry. Thank you so much. And God bless all of you. And we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.